I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. Welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. Resilience. That is our word of today, the absolute platform of your performance journey. And there are two parts to this. The first is resilience for yourself. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a leader, your own personal resilience is fundamental for you to thrive and create your performance. The second part of this word resilience is then your ability to guide or lead a team, company, or set of athletes to their own improved resilience. But the truth is that you can only effectively lead and impart guidance to help others if you are individually resilient first. As you'll hear me say in the show today, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first before you assist others. And so today, In part one of the show, we explore the self. At a time that mental and physical resilience has never mattered more and is, I believe, always a central trait to the most effective and successful athletes and leaders in the world, how do we go about working on ours? What actions can we take? Today, it's less theory, more action. We're going to explore the tenets of driving toward a resilient self. And then in part two, we'll talk about how to impart this onto your athlete's team or even your friends in a more leadership role. And so athletes, leaders, coaches, mums, this one is for you. It is for you. And I hope I enjoy. But before we get into the meat and potatoes, we've got to do a bit of fun in the squaddy update and then a really important word of the week. And so I'm going to get to say it, it Baza today for word of the week. But first, let's talk about our squaddies. And I thought this week, in all of the fear and anxiety and midterm change of life that we're all experiencing, we've got to get back to a little bit of fun. And I know as you've listened over the months and years that you have been secretly so impressed with how fluent my American is. Yes, we all know that the Americans butchered the English language. And so this week, I thought what I would do is give you a quick and dirty update on the mindset and challenges that some of our squaddies are facing this week. Because it's a challenge. Isolation. Shelter in place. How are they feeling? Well... Let's give this to you because you might feel the same and it's good if we can share our angst together. But I hope you follow along because rather in my usual poetic American, I'm going to go to my native tongue. I'm going to go back to a little bit of East London for this. So fasten your seatbelt because this is the sentiment and the frustrations of so many of our squad athletes. Here we go, guys. God, Jiminy, over the last few weeks I've had to knuckle down with the old new set of brass tacks and I no more trips down a battle cruiser. Little need to buckle up in me old new whistling flute. It's all pyjamas right now. I don't even get time with my china plates. Outside, of course, a little quick chat on the old dog and bone occasionally. Instead, it's day in and day out with the old trouble and strife. And all she's doing is having the Darby and Joan at me the old time. I'm just longing to get him a brand new jam jar. Yeah, I know, I've got a brand new full Capri. I'd love to head down the old frog and toad, have a few jars in the rubber dub, but no, gotta stay clear, they say. No chance to eat a bit of the old elephant and trunk. All I do all day is sit on Macaiba Pass, drinking a little bit of Rosie Lee, worrying about Wonga, and of course, in the back of my mind, getting Tom and Dick. Still, it is all going to be 
all right. You've got all Adam and Eve it, haven't you? As long as we have our elf, and that's the key thing, we've got to have our elf, we are going to be all right. So that's the state of affairs, me old china plates. And so with that, I'm going to get on and do what I call that. Oh, yeah, word of the week. That's right. Bazza, me old son. Not the one in the back garden. Bazza, me old son. It's time for you to get out those little musical instruments you do. I'm going to have to go back to my foreign tongue to do this. But you two over there, come here, give me that song. Feel like a little dance, don't I? Let's do word of the week. We like the way he thinks. Serious with a wink. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the dictionary word of the week. Yes, the word of the week this week. It's a special one, guys. Scholarship. Oh, that sounds enticing. Well, for 25 folks, I think it's going to be enticing. This one is for our athletes. And at Purple Patch over the last few weeks, we've been thinking, how can we help? We're a coaching and education company. And at this time, fitness, resilience, and developing a toolbox of performance we believe is absolutely critical for our health, both our mental and physical health. But at the same time, we're really aware that we're living in changing times and it's created a whole set of new challenges for people. Well, back to the word of the week. Thanks to a partnership between us, Purple Patch, and a really gracious anonymous donor, we're excited to announce the Purple Patch Squad Scholarship. On April the 15th, we intend to reward 25 applicants with a scholarship to the Purple Patch Squad program for the rest of 2020. So if you aspire to become part of Purple Patch Squad, but the current financial circumstances just don't allow, this might be your chance. 25 people who simply would benefit from squad, but are currently are not able to. Now I'm really excited about this program because it happens to coincide, and it is quite random, but it happens to coincide with a whole bunch of enhanced programming that we just released. So beyond your own personal training program and all of the education and support that you have in the squad program, we now have really fresh and updated programming. Every single day, you have the opportunity to do some live virtual video coaching sessions with our coaching team. We've also just released a brand new daily bulletin, which is a video tutorial, one to two minutes of joy every day on some aspect of technique or education. And we've also rolled out a massively evolved weekly live video sessions that we call office hours. And that's with the Purple Patch coaches, but also many members of the Purple Patch Pro Squad, as well as our host of world leading experts and partners. And so now beyond your training, beyond the education, you can literally have coffee with Chelsea Sodaro or Sarah Piampiano every week. They'll answer all your questions. You can also dig deep with personal support from Ivan O'Gorman on bike fitting or the team at Sports Medicine Institute on strength or self-care and tissue health. And you can even dig deep with Andy Blow, the founder of Precision Hydration, on all aspects of health and hydration. And if that programming doesn't pique interest of course yes the common question we have our Zwift meetup rides in fact we've got six sessions every single week for you to choose from the difference being that they're all led with audio over the top by a purple patch coach or another one of the purple patch pros if you'd like to ride with Sam Appleton Kevin Collington Elliot Buck and many more well this program's for you but we understood and understand that for some it's challenging. And so the scholarship program comes to fruition. How does it work? Well, I think it's important to first mention that Kelly and I strongly believe that for an athlete and coach relationship to really thrive, the athlete almost must always have some skin in the game. For the athlete to extract full value from any coaching relationship, it's critical. And we chatted long and hard about this, because in my experience, I've never seen a great two-way relationship when it's just done for free. And so for this reason, we decided that all of the successful recipients 
must contribute something. And the number we fell on here is $20. We're asking for a monthly contribution for $20 each month. But the remainder of the squad fee is completely covered. The scholarship itself will last from April the 15th until the end of 2020. So how do you get involved? How do you get dialed in on this? Well, it's very simple. It's a very quick and easy application. You simply fill out the application. You want to do that between April the 1st and April the 10th. That's our window. So it's a strict, fast call to action with only, of course, one application per person. We're going to turn around and award the scholarships just a few days later on April the 15th. Now, when we think about the parameters here, I want to be very clear. This isn't a Purple Patch Ambassador program. This isn't some draw from the hat competition. This is about athlete support from those that will need it and it will be meaningful to them. And so please keep that in mind when you think about applying. If a full price squad membership is unattainable to you, and then this is the route that you can take. And we're seeking athletes that want to engage, that want to participate, that this is going to be something really useful and helpful because we want it to be meaningful and exciting for the recipients. And Kelly, myself, the whole Purple Patch team hope that this program truly helps bring stability, joy and improved performance to 25 athletes. And so this is a big part of our commitment to supporting the performance minded. If you want to get involved, it's very, very simple. Head to the website purplepatchfitness.com forward slash scholarship purplepatchfitness.com forward slash scholarship. You can look at that link, fill out the form. Hey, presto, we'll get back to you. Now, if you want to just email us and say, hey, just let me ping an email on my phone, we'll send you the information as well. The email address, if you just have questions, is support at purplepatchfitness.com. If you email us at support at purplepatchfitness.com, we'll send you the form. Now, for the rest of you guys, some help, please really appreciate it. If you really want to help us, but more importantly, if you want to help 25 people, if you don't qualify, well, of course, you can join squad at any time and we'd love to have you and we'll make sure that we we'd really look after you as well. But if you don't qualify, and this is where a bit of honesty comes in, if you don't qualify, feel free to take the web page from the website or the email address and share it wide social media, email, carrier pigeon. Who will benefit? Who can gain here? Let's find out. Let's help 25 people on their performance journey. And that is why this week I'm proud to say the word of the week is scholarship. And now with juices flowing, let's do the meat and potatoes. <music> Yes, guys, the meat and potatoes this week is all focused around a single word, resilience. And today is part one. We're focusing on the self, the platform from which we can then, if we are in a position of leadership, lead others. But we're going to save that part for an upcoming episode. Now, before we dive into all of the actionable steps and a couple of stories that I have for you today around resilience, I think it's important that we set the landscape, that we set the stage, because at time of recording, we're in a place where the floor is moving under our feet. And so let's remind ourselves of a few key factors that should inform your thinking as you listen. The first anchors around stress. We're in a time right now where there is, and this is non-negotiable, there is elevated stress. In normal times, we as performance-minded individuals aim to align a recipe of performance that can integrate into all of the typical stresses of life. Work, family, finding time to sleep properly, eating, travel, the big 
bucket of life stress. And success in the normal times is integrating your training and your global performance recipe into this ebb and flow of life. Well, very occasionally, something happens that radically amplifies our baseline stress levels. And it's not always easily perceivable. But this time is extraordinary. With various stressors, both internal and external, that must be considered, that cannot be ignored. Let's go through some of those stressors that almost all of us are feeling. The first, a little bit of anxiety, even fear, a reaction to the changing landscape and dropping control. The greatest immune suppressor there is and a radical increase in overall stress load, fear and anxiety. We must manage and get that in control. The second is a simple word, change. Now we've discussed change in great detail before and I have outlined how change is always hard. It's always stressful even when it's good change. Well, this, guys, is big change. And it's change that happened quick and it was not rolled out on our terms. And that, we have to admit, amplifies stress. The third is we have, generally, restriction of movement and much lower social connections. Human beings thrive on real connections. And as we'll discuss later, the isolation, no matter how many Zoom calls you have, is a fear factor for yourself, your team, and your company culture. Now we add to this a couple more. Number four, financial stress. There are many people who have a sudden and dramatic shift in their financial landscape. Whether leading a company, a loss of a work opportunity as a freelancer, an impending recession, or a simple shift in the norm, we know that finances and considerations create massive stress spikes. And then finally, concern of others. Whether it's a relative, a neighbor, or simply the world at large, this crisis brings many together, but it can also amplify the stress via our concern and consideration. Now we could go on, but it's impossible to logically propose anything but an application of stress load for the vast majority of people. We are all managing elevated stress. Now, we didn't even get into those strong leadership positions who are forced to act quickly, decisively, and take on the burden of responsibility without any real preparation. And we certainly didn't touch on now the heroes of every day, the nurses and the doctors and the cleaners of the hospital and the people that are doing deliveries and so many more who must drive forward and put themselves at great personal risk. We're not even talking about that big bucket of people. But as we discuss today, we must acknowledge as a grounding that that big bucket of life stress now provides less space for almost every person to integrate performance. From pro athlete to fitness enthusiasts, in order for us to drive the body forward, resilience is going to have to come out of a truly rational and pragmatic lens. Carrying on as it always was, would be a disaster for a recipe. A second part of the landscape that I think is important is the but. And this is a but. We have amplified stress. We have less space. But I also think that it's important for us to remember that in adversity, in heightened stress, there are always positives. It's a grim situation, but I believe each of us can find pieces of the change that can be classed as accidental positives. What might those be? Well, let me share a couple. I think now, more than ever, there's a general heightened consideration of others. I think all of us have been forced to stop and pause, and maybe some of us are a little more grounded on the truly important things in life that perhaps were forgotten or missed over the last years. It's also been, for many people, an opportunity to connect bizarrely as we get isolated, actually reach out. 
and I've been astounded personally by those who I've connected with, who I've desired to reach out to for many years and found myself reaching out, who have reached back out to me or in advance of me, and I've been touched by that. We've also an increase in family time. And okay, <laughs> many of us are finding out whether we chose the right life partners, and I'm very lucky because I did. But those with set families, you have an opportunity to really cement a positive and bonding experience. In our neighbourhood, I realise with the times that we can leave the house, many people are walking around and staying a bit more healthy. And there is little aspects, little shining lights of connection and sharing in the adversity. Whether it's the Italians singing from the balcony, the Mallorcan police playing for the neighbourhoods, or neighbours chatting across the way from a shared struggle, instead of just simply ignoring each other and getting in the car and going to work. Oh yeah, the car as well. Our stress commute is gone. Now, these are a lot of the small things, but they're important. It's really good. There are times, there is opportunity. I myself have more time with Baxter. I cook at home more. And so yes, we must discuss resilience today in an evolved lens, and we must integrate it into the new norm. We all have collective and amplified stress, but I think it's also great and important to recognize that within the struggle, we can find positives. And I hope that you can learn and adapt here. And so with that, let's talk about resilience today, focusing on the self. So if you listen to this as a coach, as a CEO, as a manager, or in any type of position of leadership, part one is critical to get right first. I think it's critical for you to know that before you can effectively lead and guide, you must work on yourself. My analogy, put your oxygen mask on first before you start helping others that need assistance. Selfless leadership requires a backbone of mental and physical resilience. Now, all of this might sound great, and you're in a situation of change, and here's this bloke, Matt Dixon, telling me to focus on resilience. Great, I'm all in. But the real question is, how? Well, let's frame it. And what I'm going to use first is a recent conversation that I had with one of the Purple Patch Pro Athletes. Now let's put in context what's happened to their life. They're basically freelancers. They race for money with some support from sponsors. But their racing compass is gone, completely gone. Have absolutely no idea when they're gonna race. There is a fog that has descended with no clear path. And these are people that are highly driven for goals and this pro excels when they are chasing the anchor of that event. Suddenly, they're rudderless. Now add all of this to the uncertainty of income, future sponsor support and so much more, you can imagine the challenge in mindset. Yes, they are human beings. And so, how do we create a direction within the fog? Does this pro just carry on slogging away and being the same super focused pro as ever? Not only is the mindset, the behavior, and the training rigors really physically and mentally fatiguing, but there's also, we have to admit, a little bit of absurdity in the almost maniacal focus on world-class performance during this time. I'm sure as I paint this picture, you can begin to realize why this pro athlete was starting to struggle for direction, a path. What's the right mindset? And so from a coaching lens, I could barge in and I could just bellow some inspirational speech and create structure. This is what you're gonna do. Let's do this, follow me. I'll lead you bravely towards the light. Well, I think that that reduces the pro's ownership. And I think that buy-in might be limited. So instead, I threw it back right into their lap. 
and I asked a question. What is the ideal outcome in this new midterm world? I wanted the pro to provide the path and direction, realizing and acknowledging that this midterm existence that we have will end. So we're in it now, we will emerge, and life will revert to normal, at least some version of it, and soon enough, you're gonna be getting ready for racing again. And so, through the pro-athlete lens, what is the very best outcome and scenario that you can imagine when you see yourself emerge? A little contemplation, a little thought, and then we started to begin with the outcome. And then from there, we could frame the approach. And so, this was theirs, and it's really quite simple, but it's important to recognize. The first, the goal is to emerge mentally and physically fresh. Motivation has to be high, of course. The second, they must be healthy. They must build tissue health and have a platform of readiness to quickly drive towards competition and be successful. And then there was one more, and there was a pause. Okay, you've got to be motivated, you've got to be healthy. Is there anything else in your ideal world that you could emerge from this fog with? And finally, they fell on it. To advance as an athlete in the areas they can control. Sure, they couldn't control swimming right now. There's no access to a pool. You're not going to emerge a better swimmer than before. But are there aspects that you can control and improve? Because if you come out of this mentally and physically fresh, really healthy and advanced in certain areas, now we have a recipe to success. And we have an appreciation of what defines that success. Simple. So what does that look like in a practical sense? Well, we can break it down. The mentally and physically fresh side. For the normally appropriately obsessed pro driving towards targets in some semblance of a monk's life. Ah, deep breath out. In fact, this is a time that we call the sabbatical now, in which this pro can remove the cloak of being a pro athlete, the obsessive part. And they can actually use this time to play a little bit. Now, more on that in a little bit, but they don't have to walk around with the seriousness of a pro athlete. It's important because of the amplified stress that we discussed at the, st at the top of the piece that we have to reduce overall training stress, about 20 to 30% reduction. Because of the additional massive stresses, we can't simply dial it up to the normal 10 out of 10 on the training load portion. And to keep it really fun, we can make a large portion of training what I call soul-filling. Now, we want to have a purpose to it, but a really back-to-basic, simple and repeatable, fun piece of the puzzle. No targets, just doing. Within the program itself, the magic word, variance. Now, I already love variance in training, but you need to remember that monotony doing the same thing repeated over and over is a performance killer. And so this time creates a need for massive variance because variance is the biggest antidote to overtraining and boredom. Remember the goal? Mentally fresh, motivated, healthy. There you go. Within this, of course, we've got to feed the lion. And so there's a lot of lower stress work, there's a lot of fun stuff, there's a little bit of a reduction of that driven pro, but in the heart of hearts, there still needs to be targets. And so let's create some fun but purposeful training targets that don't dominate but create a little bit of a goal. And finally, add purpose and empathy beyond yourself. And so the call to action, help. While you don't need to be as much of a pro in the classic sense, be a pro in a different sense. Help. Help others. And so this pro is stepping up by their request, getting involved, 
doing live coaching sessions with Purple Patch athletes, doing live video calls with Q&A. Because if they can't inspire on the race course, they can assist and inspire others on their journey to empower. And in course, it's a wonderfully self-empowering and growth opportunity for the athlete. And so that's the headline news of their training. The second part is healthy. How do they emerge being truly healthy? Well, they can develop a platform of health and resilience throughout this phase that we call the sabbatical. The first piece of that, a lot of very, very easy and short running. Why? Well, first, for the simple joy of running. But the hidden secret, the hidden benefit, is that it improves tissue health and resilience. No metrics, no intervals, no obsession, just trees, nature, and easy running. They're also going to do a plenty of very low stress bike riding, a chance to really work on form. Yes, posture and pedal stroke on the bike trainer is a thing and does translate to outside. But on top of that, it's going to improve their ability to draw on fat as a fuel source. They're going to improve their efficiency and an absolute focus on daily core, stability, strength and mobility. And when swimming takes a back seat, well, it doesn't mean that you can't prepare the body for swimming coming up. Swimming shoulder mobility and strength can come to the forefront. Lots of bands, bands, bands every single day. But treat it less of a chore and more like group exercise. And that's why we do those sessions as a team, virtually, so that we can have fun doing it. Me, the pros, on a video call, swim bands, great fun. We're kind of doing group fitness, but with a purpose. And so the final one, with this fun and low stress and soul-filling joy, how do we feel, feed the lion? How do they emerge from the fog a better athlete? Well, we want great tissue resilience. We want readiness. We want eagerness to go. There's no swimming pool, so we can't jump the swimming forward. But there is a chance. Because on a platform of lower load globally, and a nice spicy bit of variance and lots of fun, we add a line of highly specific and goal-driven purposeful work that will define the project. Now for this athlete, it's all anchored around the bike. So once a week, a very high intensity effort that's designed to increase the size of her engine and the ceiling of her power. Another session of the week, we anchor into our special source, strength endurance, a lot of low cadence resilience development. And without the pressure of racing, we can just do a targeted linear progression of riding development in the areas that the pro needs without getting all race specific. And those sessions themselves is just enough to feed the lion, to create the small focus and the compass to drive measurable gains. We don't target racing, instead we target individual performance. And so when we go through this progression, whether it's six weeks, 10 weeks or 16 weeks, there is an opportunity that the athlete can be robust and healthy from a tissue standpoint, but also kind of raise the ceiling of performance. And from adversity comes opportunity. That's why we call it the sabbatical, the chance to develop skills, resilience, and performance potential, to emerge fresh and eager, but also ready to accelerate. And ironically, and don't let this miss you, this can all happen for this athlete without the normal obsessive pro mindset, with a reduced global load and developing the tools to help with stress management. Because so much of this athlete's training, yes, one of the best athletes in the world, but so much is gonna be about mental release and the joy of being out there. Without 
maniacally looking over metrics. In fact, for me, beyond ensuring that the easy is easy enough, and that becomes really my main task, the only obsession I have on metrics is just in those couple of key bike sessions a week. All else, have fun. Go and do it. Keep it easy. Have the joy. Okay, that's the pro. That's how we think through. That's a working example. But how about a really busy executive athlete with a family? How can they adapt and develop resilience in this topsy-turvy world? Well, let's consider an example of adaptation required for this situation. And I'm going to talk about one of my athletes, Alan. Two months ago, his routine fit like a glove. He had his season laid out, the Boston Marathon, a little break, a couple of little short triathlons, then a sprinkle of trail running races in the summer on the back end, an Ironman 70.3, which was going to be his first. He had a training routine that fit his life schedule perfectly. About 10 hours a week, averaging seven hours of sleep every night, and a life schedule that, while busy, kind of ticked all the boxes. He ate well, often with the family. He had his 40-minute commute, but he still had time to go to the weekend kids' soccer games. And, locked into a rhythm, he had time for the family as well. He had a pretty reasonable chance to isolate working from home. He if, seldom had work that had to be done at home in the evening. And one more thing that I think is important context. Alan's, well, he's a serious chap. He's very focused on his goals. And if there was or is a weakness in his overall performance journey, it might be that he would tend to stray towards perfectionism, maybe a little bit over-serious in pursuit, sometimes mentally shackled by a pass-fail mentality of training on a daily and weekly basis. Well, Alan, welcome to the new midterm world. With a flip of the switch... Alan's life schedule and stress bucket changed dramatically. Even if we ignore all of the aspects of anxiety and uncertainty that come with the coronavirus, here are the practical. Firstly, change. Almost everything changed. Schedules, situations, social interactions. On a personal level, his carefully curated schedule and, of course, his compass for racing and performance, boom, it felt like the ground was moving under his feet. Then, of course, suddenly, he's in his home office and he's sharing it with his family, supporting his kids' homeschool and, of course, competing with the Wi-Fi bandwidth with his Zoom meetings impacted by the online learning. And then he had a reduction in his training access in the program, upside down and completely directionless with a serious impact on his sleep and eating routine. I'm sure this sounds familiar to many of you guys. We could go on and on and on. Now, after the first few days of grieving and adaptation, it is now, now that this word resilience becomes key. Mental and physical resilience. And that doesn't mean that Alan needs to simply carry on training hard and keep plowing on. And so what are the focus points? What are the key elements of physical and mental resilience? What can and is Alan doing? Well, let's go through this thinking about the buckets because we have a really nice framework and it's called the pillars of performance. Remember what I've talked about before? When we get a smart and appropriate endurance training program with a backbone of strength and conditioning, with proper habits around eating and nutrition, all supported by appropriate recovery, athletes accelerate every time. It is time now for Alan to double down on this. Now, I'm going to give you the summary answer for Alan, and I hope you draw from it and remember it. Then we'll waffle into the details. So here is his route to energy, rational thinking, clear and smart decision makings in business and thriving within this chaos. Training, it's reduced, it's varied, it's fun, but it's specific. Nutrition, it's all supported with very simple and clean habits with lots of hydration, making sure that he reduces alcohol. Strength, well, he's got reduced access, but he must maintain a mission to lift heavy things. And recovery? Well, 
it's important that he actually programs it, that it creates structured restoration because it would be so easy to drop the importance at this time, especially with that reduced training load. Now, that's not going to satisfy you. You don't listen to this show just to get a quick and easy soundbite. And so, let's dig in. So, his training. He and you must train. You remember the difference between exercise and training? In a world that is now random and chaotic, Alan must train because training is structured and progressive. Every human being doesn't need to be an athlete. Every human being should train, not exercise. But he cannot simply carry on because we'll remember his 10 hours used to fit like a glove. He was healthy. He was consistent. He was improving. But now his bucket of life stress is amplified. And his training now is also rudderless. What's he training for? Well, he has to evolve his mindset. And the way to do that is to realize that you're training for resilience and similar to our pro to come out of this healthy, fresh and ready to evolve. So the first thing was to reduce training load and we reduced it to about 70% of his regular load, about seven hours a week. That was to start. Now, as he stabilizes and emerges, then we can start to build it up again. And the magic word in his training, as I said with the pro, is variance. The biggest antidote to overstress and overtraining is variance. A lot of low, low intensity, a little smidging in the middle, and a dab of high, high intensity. The thought that your training in this phase must all be easy is a myth. We must avoid monotony. With racing gone, we must now create a sabbatical program, just as we did with the pro. I love that phrase, sabbatical. We're on pause, we get to remove from the regular journey and we get to evolve. It's a chance to improve for Alan in the areas that he can focus on and of course develop progressive goals within that training. Now for Alan himself, this also provided in the scope of adversity comes opportunity, a diffusion of that obsessive athlete. And so he needed to really embrace and reposition the why. Without a serious target, he had an opportunity, a chance to shift the conversation of where his fitness and performance fits into life. Now, that's very, very similar to the conversation I had with the pro, who was rightfully driven towards world-class performance. But in this case, it is something to improve his health, to ensure that he brings the best version of himself to his family and is able as an executive to lead. And that's the central part of it. That's the role, the critical, I would say much more important than his performance at Boston, the critical role in his overall scope. And with this, he can now view, no different than our pro athlete, 80% of his training as soul-filling. You're allowed to have fun. Did you hear that word? Fun, an escape. Now on top of that 80%, two or three sessions a week of progressive intensity that will enable him to adapt and grow. And he might, might, might just come out of this learning a thing or two about mindset and training along the way, and he might even come out a better athlete. You can't believe it. But guess what? It's true. Now, that's his training. But Alan's personal journey of resilience isn't going to be complete due to simply reducing training, mixing it up and adding a little bit of fun. Resilience arrives out of a smart program with the supporting habits. And so at this time, they are simple yet critical. Here's the list. Nutrition. Here are the things he has to do. Number one, maintain post-workout fueling. It's my number one. Ensure that you're taking in calories immediately following the workout. And it must include protein because that naturally draws those stress hormones down like cortisol at the cessation of exercise. So make sure that you put that in as a rock. 
He also wants to focus on daily eating. Now, ironically, this is now easier for Alan because all of his meals are at home. And so it's much easier to control the quality, the quantity, reduce packaged food. Yes, I know there's a little bit of privilege in that statement. But he can lean into a lot of good oils, tons of fruits and vegetables, and yes, plenty of carbohydrates, particularly in the morning. As a backbone or a supporter of that, hydration, 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 a central tenant in this. And an area that he could improve regardless, well, guess what, Alan, now is the time. But the one big thing in nutrition, it is not a time to radically change the diet. No fasting. Don't add change on top of change, no matter what you think. And the final component under nutrition, and this was a challenge in week one, and many of us had this challenge, is to limit alcohol. I'm home, it's stressful. Why don't I have an extra couple of beers? It's a suppressor, a suppressor of your immune system and a suppressor of health. And so some is okay, but don't fall into the alcohol habit. And so with those two, he's getting on his journey to resilience. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, on and on, on and on. But we still have two more to go. Strength. Well, Alan has no gym access, so He doesn't have access to his big heavy weights that he likes. His functional strength could take a hit. Innovate, Alan. Innovate. Cords, rubber bands, body weight, a simple order of the basics. Three to four short backyard sessions every week. Overload, find heavy things. We must maintain tissue health, the anabolic side of fitness, and of course, functional movement. It's an opportunity to create stability, explosiveness, have fun, mix up the stimulus, but he must engage in strength. It becomes, no different than our pro example, an absolute central tenant of his resilience development. And finally, guys, the biggie recovery. Remember, I'm supposedly called the recovery coach. Well, Alan cannot ignore the power of this now. Sleep. He must get his environment right. It's normal to have broken sleep, but make sure it's cool, it's dark. And this is a wonderful time. You always talk about, can you add one skill acquisition or one challenge in times of crisis? Mindfulness and anxiety reduction is a big one for him. So two weeks in, he took up meditation, and now he's over the what the hell is this and why am I doing it phase to I need this in my performance toolbox. And the other part of recovery is to be programmatic about it. With the changing structure where everything involves around everything happening in one space, the home, work, family, exercise, eating, routine. It's really easy to drop off recovery and it's incredibly difficult to carve out time for yourself. And so rather than plowing through work deadlines, rather than keep driving on the weekend with work, we must maintain structure and order and actually program in time for yourself, time to relax, even at the weekend, are you listening? Taking a nap. It would be a mistake not to prioritize recovery. And so it is with those combinations that we can sum up Alan's approach in a few words. And it isn't changing the overall recipe. It's looking for chances to actually evolve and improve and integrate habits that you always knew were important, but maybe were on the wayside and shifting the mindset and relationship with performance. And so, yes, in a few words, training's reduced, but it's really varied and it's fun. He gets to keep moving heavy things. He has a magnified focus on really good eating habits and he's really leaning into the power of recovery. And from this, he develops resilience. And therefore, he is equipped to navigate stress and anxiety by providing himself with a robust platform. And it is from here that he or anyone can maintain logical thinking, rational decision-making, high energy management and focus, self-resilience. 
I think it's important to remember that this situation that we are in has an end point and life won't be exactly the same. And this episode in human history is going to leave a mark, but it will end. And as we come through this and navigate out, if we have a platform of mental and physical health in great resilience, we can thrive. And so the question for Alan and you is how are you going to emerge from this phase of life? What defines success for you? Now that we get to the point that we're stabilizing, we realize we're stabilized, but life continues. And so your mission this week from me to you is to set up your success. How are you going to emerge in a great place as an athlete, as a leader, as a human, whatever your focus and mission? Because at the end of the day, this is our reality. Is this situation going to own you? Is it going to happen to you? Or are you going to adapt and innovate, recast the lens, emerge from the other side ahead? Many are going to slide in these months. Some, you, can prosper and evolve. You're going to come out on the back end evolved and had a chance to grow out of this challenge. And that won't be random. It's not luck. It will be born out of a commitment of staying rational, observing the situation and building an approach that fits into this new midterm reality. And of course, ensuring that you adopt the habits that are tailored to drive your emotional and physical resilience. It is only from this, the self-focused resilience platform, that one, any of us, are able to perform, to thrive, to become a better pro athlete, or to be a great leader or manager. And so, this is your time. When sporting goals take a back seat, but resilience and health becomes important like it never is before, it is now. And you don't need to be an athlete, because right now, the term athlete as a title is completely overblown. You just need to be able to want to perform because that's going to be your armor, your catalyst for thriving in changing times. And so I really, really hope you come along for the ride. If you need any help, we're here for you. Best of luck. The word of this week for the show, resilience. Next time, we talk about helping others develop their resilience. Enjoy the week and take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, would really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers.